Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. Our top story of the day, LaMarcus Aldridge, great NBA player, has decided to retire, having and citing uh, heart issues, a regular heartbeat, one of the great big men over the last decade. Calling it quits. The Nets are going to have to try and pick up the pieces here a little bit. They needed an extra guy, Davis. They found it very easily. Aldridge picked uh, the Nets over the heat. And now, um, do they have someone that can step up sort of either off the bench or, or maybe find someone on a, on a buyout of some kind that can replace him. I know he wasn't going to be a huge factor with them, but now they don't have him. Uh, yeah, I gotta be honest. I all due respect to LMA great player, you know, gave it his all to, for the Spurs and the Blazers. The Nets are not going to miss him. They have this young fella by the name of Nick Claxton who is probably already the best center for the modern game on their roster. And the big thing about the LMA signing that didn't make sense was they did not need another offense first player, right? Their playoff lineup is going to have Kyrie, Harden, and Durant playing between 30 and 40 minutes a night. Any shot not taken by those three guys is a shot that's going to be worth less expected points. They need defensive guys and they need guys who can spread the floor Uh, So I think Claxton does the defensive job. And I think Jeff Green is the small ball center does the floor spacing. So I, you know, all due respect, LMA, great career, great player. I I don't really think this is a big deal for the Nets. Okay. Well, listen, I I think at this point, uh, the Nets, if they have their big three, you would still make them the favorite regardless. And and look, I think it is a smart move for somebody playing at the end of their NBA career to join a team that has a chance to win the championship. And and that's what Aldridge tried to do, but we wish him, wish him the best of health for sure. Okay, let's get to our headlines here on the show. We've got three baseball games going on as we speak right now. But tonight, we've got a four-game NBA slate. Boston and L.A. Highlight, highlights that if you want to go back and watch our show on demand. Now, 15 minutes ago, we broke down, and Davis is going to pick tonight the Celtics over the Lakers minus six. Red Sox twins are starting now, 12 games throughout the day. Hey, good news. NCAA is going to allow transfers to play right away never quite understood why this needed a year to happen but no longer the case and and davis tonight the wnba draft is about to go on and and i'm not really all that familiar with the wnba i know that it's still very very popular especially in the cities that they do play but uh first pick is very interesting tonight too yeah a gal by the name of charlie collier from texas is gonna be the number one overall pick how about this though you don't you do not see this very often in drafts. Dallas has both the number one overall pick. They acquired that via trade from the New York Liberty. And Dallas also has the number two pick. And they also have the number five pick 
and the number six pick. How about that? So Dallas uh, definitely looking like they're going to have a, a brand new rotation. Uh, no, I I can't claim that I like I'm not uh, I'm not sweating out every rotation for every team in the WNBA. I do though really enjoy watching the New York Liberty because they have uh, Sabrina Ionescu on the roster. So I'll be interested to see what they do in this draft. And uh, I I also I I should take a look and see what FanDuel has offered for MVP odds because I would love to bet on Sabrina to win the WNBA MVP. All right, that's more information that I just learned on the NBA on the WNBA that I knew going into today. Orioles taking on the Mariners, not as exciting as the WNBA draft probably. This is not one of the best games on the schedule, but Davis right now the Orioles have taken a 2 to nothing lead in this game and guess who? Trey Mancini, who has come back, beaten cancer, hit his third home run of the season today. He hit it off of Marco Gonzalez, who just continues Davis to give up tanks. And maybe the magic is up for Marco Gonzalez. It's uh, been a really rough start for him, for sure, for Se- and for Seattle. Marco Gonzalez is a guy who I have been trying to go short on at this point for it feels like seven years. I don't even know how long he has been pitching. Yeah, since 2014. So I, I literally, seven years, I've been trying to go short on Marco Gonzalez. Here are his home runs per nine per year. Uh, one, 3.3, 1.8, 4.35 so far this year. A soft tossing lefty in Major League Baseball these days. These guys got to get punished. And uh, I have some Orioles in some of my lineups on FanDuel today. Not as many of them as I would have liked. Only a seven inning game for them. So they lose those potential two innings of scoring. But I, I think finally going short on Marco Gonzalez is going to make me some money. And Marco Gonzalez, a, a uh, graduate of Gonzaga. Actually, before Gonzaga was super cool, he went to Gonzaga. So he's a big basketball fan. He played for the Cardinals for many years. Cardinals fans were all upset when they when they let him go. But uh, look, he's he's carved out a great career. But this, but last year and this year, you're right, Davis. It's it, it looks like the magic sort of is coming to an end. By the way, good news for Seattle. It looks like Kyle Lewis, the rookie of the year last year, who hasn't played in a game yet is expected to return for them this weekend. I know a lot of people forgot about Kyle Lewis, but you should not because he had a great year last year for sure. Okay, well, for those of you who are grinding out this fantasy baseball season, we know we're going to be focusing a lot on the NFL draft coming up next week. But the, the two categories that I don't, I still don't know why we're really using them, but we are in fantasy sports. One is, of course, wins, but nobody has enough wins for us to spend an entire segment on that. We just can't do it. So we're going to take a look at the Major League Baseball steals leaders and saves leaders coming up next. Now, the steals, you may be surprised with a couple of the names on there, but the saves are upside down, and every year they are upside down. So coming up next, we're going to talk about who's leading the league in saves. Maybe we'll dive into some names of some players that could potentially be picking up some saves, and we'll knock that out coming up next, keeping an eye on all the games that are happening right now, a little baseball version of in-game live on our show. Be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports today. A little preview of the NFL Draft coming your way in about 10 minutes from now. So make sure you stay with us and stay on the grid. Fantasy reality coming up as well. Tomorrow's show, Jim Sanis is back with another NASCAR preview. Gray Albright with a preview of the baseball weekend. Uh, Okay, so uh, Davis, I know you've jumped heavy back into uh, fantasy this year. You're in the Raz Slam. I know that's a points league, but it's really interesting in some of the leagues that you play in, I mean, we're, we're down to the fact that we're still using such antiquated rules, unfortunately, in some of these leagues that steals are super important and saves are super important. And, and I don't know, honestly, if we're ever going to change those things. It just feels like we're, we're stuck sometimes in the eighties and the nineties with these, with these leagues, but teams are not stealing anymore. And we're still using it as a category in, in fantasy sports. So, uh, given the fact that we are, it's important to note who who is stealing bases because this is something that especially you can jump on. You could jump on somebody else's players. You could go to somebody else's team. And so, arguably, Davis, I could make the claim that if you're playing in a rotisserie league that Ramon Laureano may, may be one of the top 10 players in fantasy right now. It is insane to say that, but he is so far ahead of the pack in steals, like he's doing the, what Mondesi should have been doing. Look at this. He has got eight steals to start the season. This is Ricky Henderson-type pace, 70 steals, 80 steals. I, I did not know that this was his plan. Did anybody know his plan going into the season? I don't know. Garrett Hampson has four, and then so many players have three. We couldn't list them all, but Acuna, Baez, Benatendi, at least he's giving you something. And Jazz Chisholm also has three. I know that uh, your guy Gallo has three as well, but... Uh, look, at the end of the season, there's going to be several players, Davis, that have 15, a few that have 20, and like one or two that have 30. Loriano's pace is for 60. So this is significant to start a year. Yeah, not only that, Loriano has also scored eight runs, and he is hitting 306. I mean, if, if he steals 25 bases, hits 300, hits 16 home runs, and scores 80 runs he is gonna i mean he is gonna be one of the most valuable picks of the year and those numbers don't even sound that eye-popping like you're like oh 80 runs like you know what's the big deal well that makes him a a five category contributor and a league winner in one category you're right though loads of dudes have stole have stolen three um there are a couple guys who have already been caught stealing uh you know more than you would affect juan soto one stolen base two caught stealing. Uh, definitely would not have wagered on that to begin the year. Uh, Mookie Betts has also been caught stealing. We, Otani, by the, oh my God, 
gosh, Otani. Two stolen bases, one caught stealing, 340 batting average, three home runs. I mean, I just, you know, you knew that when we got here, I was going to have to wedge Otani. And I, I heard this on a fantasy baseball podcast the other day. If we just took Otani as a hitter, if, if the Angels next year say, look, we tried the pitching, maybe he'll come in relief every once in a while when, we're, when we really need it, but we're just going to try and DH him 162 games a year. What, what do you think Otani would do over 162 healthy games as, as the DH, and where would you take him in fantasy? Do I get the pitching stats or no? He's not He's not pitching. 162 games just as okay. a hitter. Just as that's a hitter? It, that's all. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I'm not. A, I'm not really. I, I need to understand. And and you, what? How many steals are you projecting for him here? I'm sorry. How many steals? So Otani, for his career, has stolen 31 bases in a thousand plate appearances. But keep in mind, he's trying to be kind of conservative and keep himself healthy so that his arms don't get hurt, so that he can pitch. My guess is over 162 plate appearances, he probably steals 20 bases. And he does not qualify at any position, correct? Just, just you till, yeah. JD Martinez, David Ortiz, style. yeah, yeah. He's late second, third round pick. That's that's the way I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he plays a position, he's a late first round pick. Yeah, if, if he gets first, which I guess I would guess that if they did abandon him as a pitcher, he would probably become a left fielder because obviously he's got the cannon, right? Because he literally yep. throws a hundred miles an hour, so he'd be yep. a good he'd be a good outfielder. Yeah, fascinating guy. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, again, like the, the comp that I would have essentially is Nelson Cruz uh, along with Jordan Alvarez, but a faster guy. And if that is the case, those are third round players with no with no position, but now give them some steals, they become a second round pick. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely possible for next year. Now adding the pitching in, he's the number one overall pick in fantasy baseball, if you get that. And they can figure if, that if out. If you got number all one this overall. Yeah. Number one, True. not even close. <laughs> if you can, yeah. if some website could ever figure it out, yes, number one overall, not close. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, I don't, I don't even know what the equivalent would be in in other sports if if the guy could do that. Um, it would, it would be like if Lamar Jackson was also uh, the starting middle linebacker for the Ravens that he he accumulated all of his stats and then was also also got 110 tackles a year as yeah. their like. There, there is no comparison in modern sports to what to what Otani does, which is why I bring it up every day because I don't feel like people appreciate how truly insane it is that he does both. I agree with you, provided the pitching happens, and I do have to use that caveat because the dude's made one start. We're three weeks in. I mean, it's you know, it's part of the conversation. But has he made two or just one? Am I right about that, or just the one? Just, just one. He's got one coming up on Tuesday. He's going to be making start number two on Tuesday. Okay, that'll be a big day for us here. All right, saves leaders. Let's take a look at it here. Shocking, stunning. Jake McGee is leading the majors in steals. Will anybody ever learn this in fantasy? No, they will not. No, they will not. They will still take these dudes at the top. I mean, look at this list of the saves leaders. Melanson, who had this with five saves? Diego Castillo. I love Diego Castillo. I screwed this one up. I should have him on my team. Now, you know, Kenley Jansen, everyone knows. Craig Kimbrell's back, pitching fantastic again. Alex Reyes, a month ago, I said, Davis, you know who the, the closer of the Cardinals is going to be? You give me two names and you wouldn't mention Reyes. And Reyes is three saves away from being the major league leader. So it's just insanity with this every year. 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know that we feel good that McGee may be able to maintain this. It's really hard to quantify a value, like to look at somebody else's team and say they had Kirby Yates or they picked up Merriweather. And now you say, hey, I got McGee. You want him? Because it's like, you don't really know. Is he going to be good the rest of the year? Or maybe you shouldn't trade him. Maybe he's going to save 50 games. To me, this is the one part I hate about about rotisserie fantasy leagues because I think that there's just so much variance and so little data to support this. Yeah. Uh, Jake McGee, by the way, we brought him up uh, in our season preview. We said that it was like after – I don't remember – how so feels like it's forever ago now, but they had some guy lined up as their closer who got hurt. Moran, I, don't, I literally do not I remember. Have there we go. There we go. Yeah. And then I we mentioned Jake McGee – yeah, there we go. But we mentioned Jake McGee as, as a guy to start the season who was going to get save chances. And then we also noted that whoever got the closing job for San Diego was going to be a guy you wanted. We thought it would be um, Emilio Pagan. Uh, and then Drew, yeah, Drew Pomerantz right. was banged up to start the year. And we thought he'd get the job back. Well, what, what's the motivation? Why why would the Padres change what's working? Why would they, why would they do that when Mark Blanson's just striking everyone out and getting all these saves? You're right. I wish I wish that this was not a category. I wish that the NFBC was nine yes. caps and and that saves were not a part of it because it it is so obnoxious to me. Yeah, saves and holds maybe is a little bit more realistic, but mm-hmm. but this this sort this is a is a look a lot of fantasy sports is a guessing game. I gotta keep it real. It is, uh, and, and like Loriano is like a nice feeling when you took a guy and he has five more steals than you thought. But who in the world was going to have Jake McGee saving 51 games and, and winning your league? Like, like that's just completely random. It is There was no data behind that, nothing. And Gabe Kapler, by the way, uses a lot of guys. He, in Philadelphia, he tried to use a lot of different guys to close. So there was nothing that would have pointed to this this year. But that's where we're at. All right, coming up, the NFL draft, two weeks from tonight. We're going to dive back in. Coming up next and starting next week, all week long, what we'll do is we'll take a look at team by team, what their needs are, how this will translate to the draft. We'll look at some more FanDuel odds and lead you right all the way up until the draft two weeks from today. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. I am Davis Maddock giving Craig Mish a break here, bringing in Pat Corain, one of my best fantasy football buddies. We're going to talk a little bit about the NFL draft. We talked with Matt Friedman yesterday about some of the gambling aspects. Now we're going to talk a little bit more about some of what we're hoping to happen for fantasy football here today. Um, and Pat, this is where I want to start because I, I think the first big inflection point for the draft is what the Falcons do and what the Bengals do. I think it's pretty universally accepted quarterbacks are going to go one two, and three, and then the draft gets very weird depending on what the Falcons and the Bengals do. So first, what should the Falcons do? What do you think the Falcons should do at four? I'm actually of the mind that, you know, if if Fields isn't actually selected at three, that you go ahead and grab a really talented quarterback prospect and kind of figure out the rest later. I know that's, you know, maybe if you're going for right now, that's going to set you back um, or takes away the opportunity to really add a a piece that helps you win. But I think that the Falcons are not going to get an opportunity to draft a guy like Fields, you know, for years and years until, until the bottom truly falls out. So this is a unique opportunity, I think, and a prospect who, you know, you mentioned Matthew, Matthew Friedman. He had a great point that we're talking about how, why is Fields not going at three instead of Mac Jones? Why is Fields not going at two instead of Zach Wilson? So if you're sitting at four and have a chance at Fields, I think you take it and then figure out what to do with Ryan after that. Yeah, I I actually think this is um, the, a, a lot of teams are going to mess up in this draft because there are so many teams picking between four and fifteen that are stuck in QB purgatory. They have a guy who's all right. Matt Ryan is all right, you know. And I'll even say, you know, Chicago. Andy Dalton is all right. He's not good, but it's not. they don't have Brock Osweiler. They can probably win eight games with Andy Dalton. I think the Patriots can win eight games with Cam Newton. I think the Broncos can win eight games-ish with Drew Locke. I'm really low on Drew Locke compared to the market because you know Drew Locke was just so bad last year with, I mean, just so many good pass catchers. I, I think the number one trade that makes sense is the Broncos trading up to four giving an extra first-round pick to doing it, and taking Fields or taking Lance. Um, and then the Falcons move back. They can take Jalen Waddle. They can take Rashawn Slater. They can take whoever, right? They can take an offensive lineman, a defensive lineman, a wide receiver. There's a plethora of amazing players. If they decide that Matt Ryan has two or three years left. I, I Or the other thing is, shouldn't Detroit just do whatever they can do to get one of these quarterbacks because this is this is actually how you do a rebuild is you get the quarterback and then you tank out. Yeah, if you're Detroit, why aren't you going after Lance? Because you are yep. stuck with Goff um for, you know, this year, next year, but you know, Goff could be a very expensive quarterback to a very cheap Lance on a rookie deal and then you then you have uh you move on from Goff in 2023. So Lance is kind of a perfect fit there, but I kind of feel like he might fall past Detroit. So that doesn't make sense. And I agree with you. If you're the Falcons, it's defensible to not select fields, but through a trade down, you know? Yeah. Because I think there should be appetite for him from Denver, maybe even from Carolina. I don't know if they view Darnold as like this long-term solution. He might just be kind of another piece that they think gives them another out at the quarterback position. Well, so the interesting thing about Carolina, and I talked about this with Matt as well, is they have kind of already sent out through Schefter 
and through other reporters that they don't want Fields, that part of their motivation for trading for Sam Darnold was that for whatever reason. And I, I, again, I think all of this is stupid. If I was the Jets, I would be, I mean, you just would have to feel incredible as the Jets. You, you bungled getting the number one overall pick despite being one of the most hopeless teams in the NFL. And they're still going to be rewarded with the chance to get a franchise quarterback, which almost never happens, right? I mean, go back and look at, you know, the, the Josh Rosen draft. I mean, so many, so many of those quarterbacks that went in the top five, uh, you know, ended up being useless. But another key inflection point here is I, I think the Bengals have three choices. And if they took any player other than these three, I think it would be a total disaster. I think Jamar Chase, I think Kyle Pitts, and I think Panay Sewell are the three guys who should be in consideration for the Bengals. And I think they all do different things. Um, and part of this definitely comes down to what you feel about Joe Burrow. Um, so first off, I mean, just what do you think they are going to do with this pick and what do you think they should do? I have really no idea what they're going to do. Part of me thinks they might just grab Chase and get that LSU connection established. Yeah. I think what they probably should do is go with Sewell. You've got a bad line. You've got a quarterback coming off an ACL. Get that quarterback protected. I think that's your primary responsibility for your franchise quarterback. Chase is a special wide receiver, but I think we'll get wide receivers like Chase, you know, in the next like three, four, five years. Uh, he's not like a generational talent. Pitts, you could argue, probably should argue, is a generational yeah. tight end prospect. But again, I think the protection is probably more important than adding at the tight end position. So it's not the most fun answer to say Sewell, but I think that's probably the smartest move. Although all three of these guys, are looking like they could be, you know, incredible pros. So you don't have like necessarily a wrong answer here. Yeah, I I think the boring answer with Sewell is probably the correct answer as well. Now, the argument that I have seen some people spout is, is one that makes sense. You're not going to draft anyone like Jamar Chase in the second round, right? Best case scenario, you come back around and you'd get Bateman, right? Bateman, um, maybe Rondale Moore, maybe Elijah Moore would be, you know, a, a guy that you would maybe feel comfortable starting week one at the wide receiver position. But certainly, you know, no one as good as Jamar Chase. Whereas it's fairly frequent that you can find offensive line starters on day two. Now, they're not generational offensive line talents like Panay Sewell, but there are guys who can start. I, I think, though, the most convincing argument is if Kyle Pitts is as unicorn-esque as we think he is, I mean, he is going to be a 10-year starter for them at tight end. His prime will perfectly coincide with Joe Burrow's prime. Now, generally speaking, when you're talking about a tight end, right, Gronk, Kelsey, uh, Kittle, these guys have all been plus-plus run blockers and, and pass blockers as well, so they kind of function like an extra offensive lineman. Now, none of that applies to Kyle Pitts, right? Kyle Pitts is not going to block at the NFL level. Yeah, I think that's what makes it tougher with Pitts, because if he was kind of in that Gronk mold where he was going to be an incredible blocker as well as a receiver, then you could kind of have your cake and eat it, too, where you're getting a little bit of protection with the tight end and you're getting a weapon for Burrow. Pitts is more of the receiver. You know, he's essentially a wide receiver one who plays tight end. He can block. It's not that he can't block, but I don't think he's going to necessarily be almost like adding an offensive lineman level of blocking. So given that the protection is such a concern, I do think you go Sewell. And the fact that you can get a Bateman, the fact that you might be able to get a Terrace Marshall at the beginning of the second round, um, 
there's some really interesting prospects at the beginning of the second round at wide receiver, Rondale Moore. You know, there's lots of guys there. So I think, you know, the boring answer is the right answer here, as much as I would love to see the Chase connection rekindled with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, and then the Eagles, or, or the Dolphins, picking at six. If Sewell is gone, I have a very hard time pinning down what they want to do because I, you know, I think that what they should do is what Buffalo did with Josh Allen, right? They Buffalo spent money in free agency. They spent draft capital, right? They drafted Gabriel Davis. They signed John Brown. They signed Steph Diggs. They signed Cole Beasley. I mean, they just brought in talent after talent at the the pass catcher position. Now, Miami does not. Miami needs help on the offensive line as well. They need both. Um, and so I think at six, this is what I'm worried about. I am worried that Chase goes at four or five, either to Atlanta or to Cincinnati or via trade. You know, someone trades up for him. What I am currently worried about is someone who's starting to get bullish on Tua as a result of, I mean, Will Fuller is just, he is so impactful when he's on the field. I am worried that they draft Devonta Smith. I, 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 don't, I don't think that would be a good decision for the organization, but I am worried that Miami instituted uh, this trade in order to set themselves up to secure Devonta Smith. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, Devonta Smith, his big, the way he wins is separation. The, the book on Tua is that you got to get guys who are going to give him windows. You know, he's not going to be the contested catch thrower. So you could, you could talk yourself into that. I kind of think Waddle would be more interesting if they do want to go wide receiver and chase is gone. Um, you know, he's kind of maybe your long-term Will Fuller. Will Fuller only on the one-year contract. Waddle, I think he's going to be the better pro than Devonta Smith coming out as a true junior. Had a very, very strong junior year before going down to injury. Uh, was an incredible freshman wide receiver, earning targets uh, earn, and had a better yards per route run than Ruggs, Judy, or Devonta Smith when he was a true freshman, those guys a year older. So I think Waddle has a really, really high ceiling. Uh, Smith would be certainly ready to add right away. So I wonder if they go Smith partly because they want to make sure Tua sees increased weapons from day one, where maybe you're you're thinking Waddle needs a year to develop. Yeah, and all of this stuff, of course, does play into the betting odds over on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Devonta Smith, his over-under is listed at 11.5. He is favored to go before that. However, the aforementioned Jalen Waddle, he's also listed at 11.5. But his under is listed at plus 108. Jamar Chase, his over under is six and a half. We obviously just laid out the case of him going, you know, at four, five, and maybe even six, right? I, I actually think it would probably be a slam dunk for the Dolphins to take Jamar Chase at six. I think they would feel yes. very good about that. But we are going to go ahead and run into break here real quick on Fantasy Sports Today. We will be rejoined by Craig Mish in just a few moments to continue the rest of our discussion of the world of fantasy sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Good information there on the NFL draft coming up in just a couple of weeks. I mean, Davis, is there anything between now and and, and the draft that you think will drastically change? It, it feels like there. I, I'm reading mocks over the last couple of days, and it feels like we're more or less honing in on the idea that there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks taken. I feel like I understand the running backs, wide receivers. Is there anything in particular for you that you think could change between now and then, like new information? Well, I don't know about new information. I mean, Justin Fields actually just did a second pro day yesterday, uh, kind of as a result of, well, I think a lot of different things. I mean, COVID-19, no combine, things like that. So he did a second pro day yesterday, and the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan were in attendance. The biggest thing probably that has the element to change is the Falcons choosing to trade out of their pick if they decide, look, we don't, we're not going to take Jamar Chase, we already have two extremely good wide receivers, and we also don't want a quarterback. So they decide, you know, they're riding with Matt Ryan three, four more years. They probably should trade their pick, whether it be to Denver, whether it be to New England, someone who wants a quarterback, they they should trade out of that number four pick. And I think there's a decent chance that happens. So we we should be looking at more things changing uh, for the NFL draft for sure. All right, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on it for you and cover it, of course, here on Sports Grid. And speaking of which, we've come to the point where it's time for us to knock out a little fantasy or reality here on the show. Quarterback inflation in the draft is a real thing, no doubt about that. We see it every year. And right now, we are on the precipice of potentially five quarterbacks going in the first 10 picks. There are some that think five in the first eight picks of the NFL draft. I've seen that one too. Fantasy or reality? Five signal callers, Davis, will go in the top 10, which I believe would break the all-time draft record. Yeah, uh, this is real. This is a reality for me. So those five quarterbacks are Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones. And Mac Jones is the wild card there. I know that a lot of people think that the 49ers traded up for him. I, I still, despite Schefter reporting it, despite all these guys reporting it, I still don't believe it. I, I just cannot believe that a team would give up three first-round picks to trade up for Mac Jones. However, I do think there is smoke where there is fire, and the NFL interest and the hype in Mac Jones almost has to be real. So whether that be Denver, whether that be New England, I think someone will trade up to take him. Or... If the 49ers take Mac Jones, that means someone is getting a giant steal with Justin Fields, and I think that locks in 
five quarterbacks going inside of the top 10 picks because Denver sits there at nine with four quarterbacks off the board. And Denver, I mean, they've needed a quarterback since Peyton Manning retired, right? They, they've needed a quarterback ever since then. They've been trying to figure it out. So for me, this is a reality. Yeah, well, look, Davis at this point, way more educated than me on the preparation for the NFL draft. Although I, I have been known to get details every once in a while. I'm not quite there yet. I have been scooping NFL draft picks for the last five years for some of these teams. Uh, I'm, this is a guess, folks, okay? Transparency on this one. Don't take your money and bet it on this. Buy, buy a, a card, of, a sports card of somebody who I'll, I'll tell you what to do, but, but don't invest in my opinion on this because this is just my opinion only. Fantasy for me. I got fantasy. I, I think it is real. I think, I think there's a chance of it, but I am with you in the sense that I have watched enough of Mac Jones play. I think he's the big faller in this draft. I don't think he's going in the top 10. I can't believe that he's going to go in the top 10. I, I can make the case that Kyle Trask will be better than Mac Jones in the NFL. Um, I got four in the top 10. You've sold me on Trey Lance. I honestly, watching college football as much as I do, do not know en enough to make an educated opinion on Lance. Only video and what people say. Everyone says he's going in the top six, top seven. Okay, fine. I'll go along with that. They said the same thing about Josh Allen. Didn't know who that dude was either. And look how good he is now. So fine. No problem. But not Mac Jones. Saw Mac Jones play, think he could be good in the NFL. Not completely sold, though. I think he falls. Not in the top 10 fantasy for me. Only four in the top 10 for me going into this thing. Just an opinion, though. No money, please. All right, we've seen two no-hitters in the month of April, and we've seen two no-hitters in the first two weeks of the season. Joe Musgrove has thrown a no-hitter. Carlos Rodon has thrown a no-hitter. Batting averages are down, 237, the average batting average in all of Major League Baseball. Fantasy or reality, Davis, no hitters are easier to get in this current era. Yeah, not very rare. We have back-to-back -back realities. Normally, we set these up to have it be you know a little bit right. more contentious, but reality for me, I, and I think it's inarguable. I think that you now are perfect games harder. I mean, perfect games are so hard in general. I would say perfect games probably slightly harder because guys really know the value of a walk. No one was going up to the plate in 1964 being like, you know what I'm really hyped to do right now? Take a walk. It just, it just really, like, it just was not as much of a valued thing in the game. But no hitters are easier to get right now because, I, and uh, my, my buddy Michael Salfino from The Athletic talks about this. No one is scared to strike out anymore. There's, there's no, uh, there's no uh, shame in striking out four times in a game. There, there's no difference between striking out and grounding out for the most part for, for these guys. So I, I think no hitters are absolutely easier to get now. Um, there's so many strikeouts. Guys are not hitting the ball on the ground. They're not making contact. It's all about home runs. So yeah, they, they definitely are easier in the current era. Okay. So before I answer this question, let me re let me rephrase it one more time. Uh, team no hitters are easier to get in the current era. Yeah. As opposed to individual player no hitters, because that's that's the direction, Davis, that I would ask you about. Because for me, uh, no no hitters by a team is a reality, but no hitters by an individual is a fantasy. Because while all the data does accurately point to the things that you're saying, you absolutely have to factor in that pitchers have a really hard time closing out these games with 100 plus pitches, they're more likely to be pulled. 
and not finish the game and and just basically put your hands up as a manager and say, this is what we're supposed to do. 20 years ago, Davis, this was unthinkable. If you were if you were at 108 pitches going into the ninth inning with a no-hitter, you went back in there. Now it depends on who the player is. It's really the truth. If it's a young player that there's a strong future for and they think that he's going to be there along, they're going to pull that guy. They're going to pull him. I've seen it a million times. Um, and so that's the way that I would tackle that question. I think as a team, yes. you know. And by the way, a bullpen guy comes in could be even better than the guy who was pitching the no-hitter. So uh, yes for me on the team, but fantasy on the individual, although I will say pretty remarkable that we've seen two individual pitchers throw no-hitters. Keep in mind, Joe Musgrove, not a first-year or second-year guy. Carlos Rodon, not a first-year or second-year guy also. Uh, let me know when we get to the ninth inning and uh, and Corbin Burns is throwing a no-hitter with 108 pitches, what they decide to do there. I, I think it could be a different scenario, so we'll see. All right, finally... Let's uh, let's move on to the uh, NFL draft, and the first night is always an extravaganza, no doubt. Uh, Kings of Leon are going to be performing at the uh, 2021 NFL draft extravaganza in two weeks. Fantasy or reality, Davis, you have heard of the Kings of Leon. So I I have heard of them. They uh they're like not a, a great band or anything. Like I I can't say I'm a huge fan of them or anything. But they have done. They had a couple songs or maybe just one song that was like a theme song for the NBA playoffs one year. So I I think that was when I heard it. I mean they they have been they've been around. You know I I not the style of music that I really like that much in general. Kind of you know that corporate rock that like sounds edgy but it's not really edgy in any way. They also, they did an NFT project. They were one of the first big music groups to release uh, an NFT project for, I, I don't remember if it was an album or a single, but that took place back in February when NFTs were storming the market and everyone, you know, was all anyone could talk about was NFTs two months ago. So I, I have heard of them. Can't proclaim to be a, a big fan of the, of the music though. Yeah, I, I know, I know who they are. But I I can't also name any songs or or who they are or or what they do. But but I feel like in this spot, Davis, you know you know what's really true when you think about it. Maybe maybe I'm off with this. Is that isn't it remarkable that the NFL is probably the most risk taking league amongst COVID amongst everything but the most conservative as approach when it comes to their performers, right? Like, like that is an issue. But when it comes to like playing games, like, Oh, we're just not going to worry. People are just going to go to the games. We're going to have games. We're going to have a draft. We don't care. Like, isn't that weird? <laughs> but when it comes to the performer, they got to make, they got to make sure they're vetted properly. And we got to make sure that the right people are performing there. Well, it's because everything the NFL does is about, making money right so so if being more aggressive in one area you know being aggressive in marketing or being aggressive in thursday night games or being aggressive in uh you know uh, eliminating practice time like whatever they have to do to make more money they will do and generate like use like going aggressive in terms of using uh, an out there music act or opening themselves up to criticism you know whether it be politically or whatever that doesn't make any money so they're they're not going to do they're not going to do any of that for sure. Yeah, no, I, I don't I don't think so, no doubt. But uh, looking forward to it. Two weeks from today, 
We'll be covering it for you here on Sports Grid. All right, uh, Davis, let's go through the uh, the baseball scoreboard here before we hit the Sports Grid 60 real quick. Uh, I got the Padres up 6-1 to one on the Pirates. Uh, Mitch Keller already gave up six earned runs. Your guy, Chris Paddock, could finally be in line to, uh, to get a win today. His ERA, I know, was pushing five going into this thing, but it was the Pirates, so laying that run and a half looks like it was a good proposition. Yeah, but Paddock is maybe in line for the win, but he has already thrown 62 pitches at uh, at the end of the third inning. So again, like we we literally just got done discussing it, these guys get pulled earlier and earlier. He might not even be able to get to the five yeah. innings pitch that he needs um, for this win, which is funny that we're talking about the Padres and the Pirates because Joe Musgrove just threw that no-hitter, and I have him on the NFBC main event. And I'm guilty of this, right. too, because I was texting my co-owners saying, look, I know he's in line for the no-hitter. I don't want him throwing 120 pitches. I do, I do not want his shoulder falling off in this game. So if he needs to come out at 110 pitches, take him out because I can't have him going on an IL after finishing this game up. Right. And uh, and the other game uh, with some scoring, right? Well, Baltimore, we mentioned 2 nothing lead over Seattle with Trey Mancini's home run. Matt Harvey, by the way, on the mound for, for Baltimore pitching well. But uh, but Davis, Trevor Rogers of Miami against Atlanta, they lead three nothing going for the four game sweep. Four innings pitched, one hit, three walks, six strikeouts. He needs one more strikeout to go over his daily prop. I was talking about that with them on the uh, the morning after. Trevor Rogers is the only player I have on every single one of my fantasy teams this year. I'm feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, pretty pretty incredible. Uh, I wish that I would have taken that hint from you earlier on uh did not did not get that memo you did you did and i followed some of them some of them i was like oh craig you know i don't don't know now anthony bass was the one i have him on a bunch of teams and it's not your fault i mean look conferto cheated him man conferto cheated him (laughs) no 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 so so you know it's interesting there because somebody else uh called me on out on this the other day so it's like if if i so here is my analysis with that he blew the save but Davis, if I told you before the season, going into the baseball season next year, and I gave you the starting closer for all 30 teams in Major League Baseball, you'd be a genius. But I didn't think I didn't know he would lose the job. I mean, I can't be responsible for that, can I? SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
As we close out our show, just a reminder, Davis will be right back here with me tomorrow at noon Eastern for another edition of Fantasy Sports Today. Hopefully you guys will tune in. If not, have a good weekend if we're leaving you here on this Thursday. All right, Davis, what do you got to end the show here? Sports Grid 60, take it away. Yeah, so Major League Baseball is now continuing their experiments with the minor leagues and one of the, the high A affiliates. They're moving the mound back six inches. I don't really care about this. I think it's a good idea in general for baseball to experiment, to make the game faster, more fun, yada, yada, so on and so forth. But the clear number one thing that has to be picked, pitchers have to stop batting. Like before we start implementing any other crazy rule changes, get rid of the worst part of the game. Get rid of the automatic strikeout. Get rid of the automatic ground out. We have pitchers who come up who don't even take the bat off of their shoulder. No more, no more pitchers batting, universal DH. Get it done, baseball. Get it done. They'll get it done next year. This is it. Last year of this happening for sure. Okay, so the Washington football team is about to change their name, finally. And they have narrowed it down to about 30 choices. And they have basically asked the fans their opinion on what the team name should be. This is a very slippery slope here, knowing in this day and age how people can vote for things online. And I don't know if they're fully going to take what the fans think and decide to make it their own, but you would think that this would be more of an organizational decision than a fan's decision. I mean, after all, this is the Washington football team that's one of the most storied franchises in the NFL. I applaud them from getting the opinion, for getting the opinion, but I think that they should be making the call or else they could be dangerously accepting some crazy online balloting that makes their name look a little bit silly. That will do it for our show today. Thank you to James at LTN. And make sure that if you're at the Royals game this weekend, you go out to the center field camera and uh, razz him a little bit. Don't throw anything, but you can yell at him a little bit. He said he likes that. Thanks, of course, to Brett for producing the show today, jumping on our NBA Fantasy Standout segment. Thanks to Danny and Ryan as well. And for my co-host, Davis Maddock, I'm Craig Mish. And looking forward to seeing you tomorrow at noon here on SportsGrid. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.